Today we want to talk about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It's a topic that we don't discuss very often, and mainly that's because everyone has opinions about what it means. It's one of those wording and verses that allows people to imprint their opinion on, because it's not crystal clear what it means. So maybe you've heard that in the past about, be careful not to blaspheme the Holy Spirit or you'll be destined for hell. And so I've had many people over the years worried that they have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. They have committed the unpardonable sin and there was no forgiveness for them. So we're going to read a few verses. I'm going to try to do my best to give you my best idea of what this verse means. So we'll start out of the book of Mark and we'll read in chapter 3. Verse 28 and 29, Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemes they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal damnation, condemnation, because they said he has an unclean spirit. So Jesus said that if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that there is never forgiveness and you are subject to eternal condemnation. So over the years, I've heard so many varieties of what that could be. Someone who's not baptized in the Holy Ghost, they're obviously blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit. Someone who doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Someone who makes fun of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Just there's so many, many different opinions. And it's one of those verses that allows for the way you see God and the image of God on the inside of you, the image of who you think you are, is going to make you interpret this verse that way. And we never want to interpret Scripture by our opinions. We want the Scripture to change our opinions. So let's just have a, a good look at it and a good go at this, and I'll do my best to give my reasoning of what I think this means. Let's follow this story back to the beginning, a beginning of it, in verse 20, chapter 3 of Mark says, Then the multitude came together, so they could not so much as eat bread. And when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him. For they said, He is out of his mind. So they're saying of Jesus that he's out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub. And by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables. Now, so we know that Jesus is doing the work. He's casting out devils, healing the sick. And the people around him, the religious people, including the Pharisees, said, it's by Beelzebub that he's doing this. He's doing this by the hand of the devil. So they are giving credit to all the good work that Jesus is doing and they're giving that credit to the devil, that that's the devil working through him. And they're saying that what he is saying, the the things he's teaching, he's out of his mind, he's crazy. It's the devil telling him what to say. It's important to remember that because that helps you understand who he's talking to and what blaspheming the Holy Spirit most likely means. Verse 23, So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house 
cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. So no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Surely I say to you, now who is he talking to? He's talking to the Pharisees and the religious people who saying that he's doing all this work by the power of Satan. Therefore I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blaspheme they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. And verse 30 is very important. Because they said, he has an unclean spirit. So he said all of that because they said, he has an unclean spirit. Now we're going to read the same situation out of Matthew's account. Same story, same time. This is out of Matthew's account. And we're going to see where Jesus had the same message to them. In Matthew chapter 12. And we'll, we'll begin here in verse 32, or 22, sorry. Then one was brought to him, who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute. So Jesus is standing there, and someone brought him, a man who was blind and mute and demon-possessed. And he healed him. So the blind and mute man spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now, what the multitudes are saying, Is this the Messiah? Is this the Savior? Because of this great work they just saw. A demon-possessed, blind, and deaf man. This is the same story out of Mark, just more details from Matthew. And Jesus healed the blind and deaf man and set him free from demon possession. The reason he was blind and deaf wasn't because he was blind and deaf. It was because there was a devil causing those symptoms and making it think it was legit. Now, you can be blind and deaf in the natural. Or, in this situation, it wasn't natural. It was a demon possession. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed. I was praying for a young man one time. As I was praying, he came forward for... Uh, to the altar, and he was deaf in one of his ears. And I laid my hands on him and said, Come out and be healed in Jesus' name. And his ear opened up, and he could hear. And I was excited. He was excited. I said, Well, praise God, turn around and tell the people that you're, you're healed. Can you repeat after me? And I whispered, Jesus. And I said, Say thank you, Jesus. And he couldn't hear. I turned around, and I said, I thought you could hear. And he said, I can't hear. And I said, be free in Jesus' name. And he could hear me. I said, repeat after me, Jesus, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I turned him around and I said, tell the crowd, say, I love you, Jesus. And he didn't hear me. And we went round and round in that that situation in the service for about probably an hour until he was completely healed. But every time I turned him around, he lost his healing, and every time I prayed for him, he received it. Well, someone came to me after the service, and they said, when you were preaching, I saw an image in the Spirit, and I saw Jesus walk in the room. And right when you were praying for that boy, 
that Jesus, who was in the corner dressed in all his glory, a bunch of little ugly demons came in. And I looked, and on that boy, he had a little ugly demon with his finger in his ears. And when you told him to be free and be healed, that demon ran off scared. And that was as it was running out of the room, that Jesus stopped him and made him go back. And that little demon was afraid of going back, but he was more afraid of that demon, that Jesus. And it wasn't really Jesus, it was a pretend Jesus. It was a religious spirit that looked like Jesus from afar, dressed like Jesus, talked like Jesus, but it wasn't Jesus. It was a fake Jesus, it was a religion, and uh, it was the principality over that area, and a religious spirit. And so that little demon came back and he said, every time you turned and he faced you and you said, be free, that demon screamed and ran off. And when you turned him around, that fake Jesus made him go back and plug his ears up again. We finally figured it out. I'm a slow preacher, but I finally figured it out. And uh, that boy has been free ever since and healed. This is similar to where this blindness and mute it was because of a demon. He was demon-possessed. A demon was doing this. And, you know, there are people who are blind and mute, not because of demons, just because of natural situations. They need a healing miracle. This man needed to be set free by the power of God. So, verse 22, there was a man, there was one brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. So the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitude were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David, the Messiah? Now I'm going to pause there because I want us to understand. What was Jesus' message? His message, because he's in Israel, he's in the people of the Hebrews and the, the Jewish people here. And his message is, the old covenant is coming to an end. And there's a new way, there's going to be a new way for you to be born into the family of God. And not just Old Testament saints, but actually born again. The whole purpose of the Old Testament was to bring Jesus so that the world can find God through Jesus and be born again. So that was Jesus' message. He was trying to tell and, and birth the whole image that there's a new pathway to God. The Savior has come. It's me, Jesus. I am the Savior. I've come. And when I am glorified, you'll be able to follow me into salvation. Remember that a good, a good man, a good person, even a Jewish religious person, was not going to go to heaven unless they were born again. The old covenant was coming to a close and no longer was an avenue to God. The moment that the, the veil in the temple was ripped in two, that was God, that was God saying, it is complete. The work is done of the Old Covenant, there's no longer access to God through the Old Law. And Jesus was preparing people to receive Him and to quit trying to follow God through the Old Covenant, which the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were preachers of the Old Covenant and the Old Law. And the multitude, verse 23, were amazed and said, Could this be the Son of David? The answer is yes, this is the Messiah the Savior, the path that God has been talking about and prophesying about of how God wants the world to come to him and no longer be under the old covenant, the old law. Now the Pharisees, who were the preachers of the law, heard it and they said, 
This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub and the ruler of demons. So look at that. The question was, could this be the son of David? This is what the multitudes were saying. Is this the Messiah? Is this the answer that God sent us to to bring us back to the kingdom of God? Is this who God's been prophesying about? And the Pharisees answered that question by saying, No, he's not the Savior. He's being used by the devil, by Beelzebub. Now this is the same, the same story we read about in Mark. The same situation in Mark chapter 3. Just from Matthew's account. I'm turning back to Mark chapter 3 because I want to read just quickly the one statement there in verse 30. You don't have to turn there. And it says that, He said this, the part about he who, verse 29, he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal damnation, condemnation. Because he said he has an unclean spirit. So because they were blaming or attributing all the power of God and the message of God from Jesus to being from a demon, from an unclean spirit. And basically telling the people he's not the Messiah. His message isn't from God, it's from the devil. Now, every person there was already condemned to damnation. They're already on a pathway to hell. And Jesus was showing them the new path to rescue them out of the family of Adam into the family of God, where they can find salvation. And in his message that he was the Messiah... And the message that he was bringing a new path to the Father, the right path, the prophesied path of salvation through Christ, these preachers of the Old Covenant, the Pharisees, said it's all a lie. He has an unclean spirit. What he says and what he does is by the devil. In essence saying, don't look to him because he's not the Messiah. It's important we know that because that gives us a clue to what blaspheme in the Holy Spirit is. Verse 24. I'm back in Matthew chapter 12. Verse 24. Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? So in other words, how is it possible that I'm able to see this man healed if I don't have the authority to cast or to bind up the the demon that's holding him hostage? And then he'll plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So we're getting to the answer. The answer is to the question. What is blaspheming the Holy Spirit? And part of my purpose of doing this, I think, is to 
relieve you if you ever wondered if you are subject to this fear of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Because there are some people who, if not you, maybe you can answer the question to other people who are afraid that they have done the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit somewhere in their life. So why even try to find forgiveness? It's over. And that seems so con- always seems so contrary to me to the nature of God that he would allow one thing that you did to stop you from being saved. I've heard it preached so many different ways through the years that uh, maybe you cussed out the Holy Spirit. You got mad at God one time and you said, that's it, I don't want you anymore. So now he's offended at you. God's angry at you because you called him a name. And that doesn't make sense to me. And, and I actually heard one guy preach that, you know, if you don't pray in tongues or don't believe in praying in tongues, then you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be saved or get to go to heaven. And so because it's so kind of a vague scripture, so many of us can imprint our opinions on this. And that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you only my opinion. I can't prove this to you 100%. I have to take the whole scripture, the whole image of God that I have inside of me, and try my best to interpret what is going on here. I can tell you I don't believe at all It's that someone who offended the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is just a delicate, touchy, and gets God's feelings hurt because you did something one day and now he's turned his back on you for the rest of eternity. So in context, what's happened? Jesus took a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, cast out that demon, and the man was healed. And people noticed that and said, are you the Messiah? Or is this the Messiah, the son of David, who the Old Testament had prophesied that God was sending the Savior? In Jerusalem today, people are still waiting for God to send the Savior who he already sent 2,000 years ago. So they said, is this the son of David? Well, the Pharisees, who were the keepers of the law, they were the preachers of the law, gave their opinion and said, no, no, he's not the son of David. Now, look at me. The only hope for any person in the world to go to God the Father was standing there in front of them, Jesus. He was the Lamb of God. He was the son of David. He was the Messiah. And these Pharisees had just told them, don't look at him. That's a devil working in him. They had tried to discredit Jesus, and these were the preachers of God, discrediting God, Jesus. And by doing so, they were stopping the people from looking to Jesus for their salvation. And it was the only way for them to be saved. What is the message of the Holy Spirit to the world? I'll show you the message here. Uh, Let's go to John. Let me save my spot here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And let me read you out of chapter 16. John 16, verse 5. Jesus says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you are going. Verse 6. But because I've said these things, you have sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away, the helper, 
will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will, this is the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. So when the Holy Spirit comes, his message will be to convict the world of sin so they could be saved. You know, the Holy Spirit's job isn't to convict you of sin. That's what your new nature is for. The Holy Spirit will come through man, through preachers, through us to convict the world. That's his job, to send a message of conviction to the world. You need a Savior. You need to be saved. That's the message. You need to meet Jesus, the Savior. And what were these preachers in the Old Covenant? In Matthew, I'm back in Matthew chapter 12. What were they saying? No, don't look to Jesus. He is of the devil. So by saying that Jesus is of the devil, they were coming against the very purpose of the Holy Spirit to the lost, which was convict them of sin, to bring them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job main role to the world is to convict them of sin so they can find Jesus the Savior, not just to leave them convicted of sin. Verse 27 in Matthew 12. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God... Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus is making the argument, look, Satan can't cast out Satan. It's not a kingdom divided. The kingdom can't fight against itself and even be around. So he's making them say, now, if I am the Son of God, you have to decide I'm the Son of God or not. And we read in Mark, the reason he made this statement was because they said he has an unclean spirit. The reason Jesus is standing up here is not for his own ego. It's because the message they are devaluing is one that Jesus is the Savior. The only hope these people had in Jerusalem, the only people in Israel, the only hope they had was Jesus. He was the only hope they had to ever go into God. Otherwise, they were going to be condemned to hell. These Pharisees were removing that message and saying, no, he's of the devil. Verse 28, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So either... The Pharisees, he's saying, you're either with me and believe I'm with God, or you're against me and you are against God and against the message of salvation, the message of God. Therefore, I say to you, this is verse 31. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven man, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven man. So Jesus is saying, listen, you can say all you want to about God or about me. You can say all kinds of crazy things. You can call me names. You can insult me. You can blame me for everything. But don't mess with the one message of the Holy Spirit. Don't mess 
with one message of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is the way for salvation. Don't mess with that message. Because the moment you mess with that message, if you tell people that Jesus is not the way to be saved, and you believe that yourself, then you're condemning both of you to spend eternity in hell. Because the only way out of hell, the only way out of condemnation, is through Jesus. And that's what I believe is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, is not calling the Holy Spirit a name, or, or having a bad day, or not even... Uh, even if you believe that, the whole, that praying in tongues isn't for today, I don't believe that stops you from salvation at all. I think it limits you in this world, but it will not stop you from being saved. But if you come against the message that Jesus is the Savior, and that's what these guys did, these preachers of the Old Covenant, when they said, could this be the son of David? And the Pharisees said, no, the devil is working through him. The devil is teaching him what to say. That message that Jesus is the Savior is not true. Then what you have done is you have taken away the only way for you to be saved and anyone who listens to your stupidity. You're now preaching against God's plan of salvation and there is no other way. There was only one path created by God for a man to be born again and that is Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other form of God. There's no other... Some people go so crazy saying we all love God and God comes to us in many forms. Listen, God will preach to anyone who listen. But there's only one way to salvation. There's only one way to get off of the path of condemnation. And that is through accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And the message that these boys were preaching was that Jesus is not the Lord and Savior. Jesus is not the Lamb of God. Jesus is not the way to salvation. He's not the Son of David. In fact, he is being used by the devil, and he's crazy. Therefore, verse 31, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. So Jesus is saying, you can say what you want about me. I'm not, you don't hurt my feelings, but what you're doing here, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or the age to come. The message of the Holy Spirit was that Jesus is the Savior. He is the Son of David. He is the Messiah who was prophesied about. And that is the argument here, I believe, that the scribe and Pharisees were taking away the heart of the message of Christ by calling him a demon and used of the devil. And because of that, they were taking away their own their own way of salvation. Because if they never accepted Jesus, they would end up in hell. And everyone who listened to them, they were taking away their way of salvation. And that is what I believe blaspheme in the Holy Spirit is, is that you remove the message that Jesus is the Savior. There's a lot of preachers who will say, God loves you. There's preachers I know who used to believe that Jesus was the only way, but they got into deception. Now they believe that everyone's saved and that you can find God through every, every way you want to. You can find God through any religion. 
and and you can still find God. Well, they're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That preacher who says you don't need Jesus to be saved is blaspheming the Holy Spirit because the, what he is doing is removing the message of the Holy Spirit. The message of Jesus is the only way. And I believe that's the argument here, not that uh, someone offended the Holy Spirit or hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings, or not that you don't believe in speaking in tongues, so now you're condemned to hell. I believe that the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit here, and again, the best I can do is give you my opinion and base it on all the scripture I know and all the scripture I can see, and base it on God's character that I believe he is, that his heart is to see every person saved. And God's not trying to fill hell. Hell's filling up by itself. God's trying to fill up heaven with as many people as he can get. And he'll take you any way you can. If you're just by the skin of your teeth and you barely get saved on your last uh, breath, he's happy that you're in heaven if you accept Jesus. But the only way to heaven is through accepting Christ. And I believe that is the message that these men are trying to dispute, that Jesus is not the son of David, that he is not the pathway to God. And so don't listen to him. He's being used of the devil. And that is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, that you remove Jesus as the path to salvation. You can say you're talking for God. You can say you're a good man of God or woman of God, but if you preach, there's another path to God outside of salvation. Now, many people try out of good hearts, like, oh, I know he's a good man. I'm sure God loves him. You know, God will have a God. He just can't, you know, he'll want him saved. You know, I've heard preachers out of a heart of compassion say, well, I know God really wants him in heaven. And so he was a good man. I remember attending a funeral when I was a young person. The boy had nothing about him that was Christian. Didn't go to church as far as we knew. Didn't love God, you know, died in drugs and all kinds of bad things. And I'm not saying even that, that he couldn't be saved, because God will rescue anyone who cries out to him. But the preacher, out of compassion, told all these young people that were attending the funeral, listen, God's heart is to see everyone saved. I'm sure he's in heaven right now. It wasn't a good message to share that I'm sure he's in heaven, because what he told all those young people you don't need to accept Jesus to go to heaven. Just think good thoughts, and then you, you know God will get you in heaven. And he was trying to be compassionate, but in his compassion, he was limiting people's uh, value of salvation. And he could have very well said, listen, I know this boy didn't really live a holy life, but if he ever asked Jesus in his heart, we believe he's in heaven. And if you want to go to heaven, you can ask Jesus in your heart. That would have been better than just saying, hey, I'm sure he's in heaven. He's in heaven right now. Because then you're sending a message that even though God wants everyone in heaven, everyone gets to go to heaven just because God wants it. And that is contrary to the scripture, that the only way to heaven, the only way to salvation in eternity is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so, who is committing the impartable sin? Who is committing this blaspheming the Holy Spirit? Are the people who are preaching, this is my opinion, the people here, the Pharisees, who are saying that Jesus is of the devil, and he's not the Son of God, and the people today who are preaching 
that they're all, we all have access to God, we're all going to heaven, or you don't need to come to God through Jesus, that God loves you this much, and if you just are a good person with good thoughts, you get to go to heaven. And that is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, I believe, because you are taking people and steering them away from the only hope they have for salvation. That is the blood of Jesus. You are leading them away from the only path that will get them to heaven, Jesus. And you're saying there's another way, that there's another way, and it's over here and over there, and you can decide what it is. And that is the blaspheming, that even if you offend Jesus here, you know, Jesus is saying, I'm thick-skinned, you can make fun of me, you can say what you want about me, you can call me names, you can say I'm crazy, all that's fine. But the moment you attack the message of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, then you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit and you're removing your path and their path to salvation. Let's go on and read verse 33 here. Matthew chapter 12. I'm hoping I'm making sense. Again, this is one of those verses I really want to talk to you about just because I want to give you my opinion. And my opinion is just as valuable as anyone else's and everyone else's is as valuable as mine. But I I don't believe the Holy Spirit's touchy. I don't believe the Holy Spirit is afraid of anyone. Uh, I don't believe you can do one thing in your life, commit one sin in your life that's so bad and so horrible, even though there are horrible sins, but so horrible that the Holy Spirit won't forgive you. I believe that the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit is that these preachers of the Old Covenant were removing the message of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself said, you can say what you want about me, you can blaspheme me, you can say what you want about the Son of Man, but don't remove that message of the Holy Spirit. Because then, if you remove that message that I am the Savior, you may not like my hair, you may not like how I walk or what I I dress like, Uh, you may make fun of me, but you remove that I am the Savior out of my who I am in people's eyes, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And you're setting yourself up to never find heaven. And everyone who listens to you will have the same problem. They will not find heaven. Verse 32, Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Either make the tree good, And is fruit good, or else make the tree bad and the fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers. Now, I mean, Jesus is not holding back. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? So now he's telling them, not only am I the Savior, not only am I the good tree that can only make good trees, you're a bad tree, you are a brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, you're the one being used by the devil, Being evil, speak good things. Who are you to speak for God? You're not even born again. When you come to salvation, the message of salvation, you're dealing with people's eternity. Let me just pause here. Let me just preach for a minute. There are many preachers out there, especially on social media today. Anyone's a preacher. Anyone with a a phone could be a preacher and put stuff up on social media. Their opinion. And, And in our culture, many people search for opinions because they don't have confidence in their own opinion. And that can be dangerous if you're just you know, getting opinions, because some people can say stuff that sounds good, but can be very wrong. 
That's why you, it's important you pray in the Holy Ghost and come up with your own opinions by God. And Jesus says to them that how can you being evil speak good things? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have many preachers out there, and there's some preachers who have, you know, we have a lot of good motivational stuff and encouraging things. But we, we're responsible when we talk about God. When you share your opinion about God, you should be careful because you can hurt people. You can really damage people with your opinion, even if you're trying to help. You want to do your best in this life when you speak for God, that you have confidence that it's God and that it's not you speaking out of your own heart, out of your own desires. Because we desire for everyone to get saved. We desire the whole world to come to Christ. There's one man I know, he was um, struggling with a sin, and he was a wonderful preacher. But he decided that it was okay to stop struggling with that sin, and he came to a belief that God doesn't care about my sin, that I can do what I want in my flesh, and it won't affect my spirit. And he began to go from being a, a solid preacher of truth because he was struggling with this sin that he never overcame, and he decided instead of overcoming this sin, I'm going to embrace it. So he developed a whole philosophy, a whole doctrine that God God made a way for every person ever born to go to heaven. We call it all-inclusive. And what that means is that everyone in the world is included in salvation of Jesus. And he'll take a verse from here and a verse from there. And from that imagery, he is now preaching uh, against Jesus, but he's using the name of Jesus. But he's leading a lot of people to quit pursuing salvation by Jesus and just start pursuing salvation because of Jesus, because the whole world is saved. Every every person in every nation of every religion, of every action, doesn't matter how you're living, uh, you're saved. So don't even worry about going to Jesus. Know that he came and took care of it for you. And out of that idea of, in his eyes, of liberating people, he's really condemning people to hell. Because he's telling people, quit looking for salvation in Christ. Quit thinking you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and just know it's done. And out of trying to be good, trying to be nice to people, really justifying his own sin, he's destined multitudes of people to hell. That's a dangerous thing. And here Jesus is telling the disciples, or sorry, telling the Pharisees, you're not even born again. You're Old Testament preachers of the Old Covenant. You're not born again, and you're trying to preach about good when your own heart is evil, because you're not born again. The only the only person who had really had a right to speak for God at this place was Jesus, because he was born with the nature of God. He was the only one who had a nature that was good. Everyone else had the nature from Adam, a nature of sin. A good man, verse 35, out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures, brings forth evil things. For I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give an account for on the day of judgment. So if you want to know what idle words is, it's all this language here that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Nothing to do with salvation. All this talk about God all these ideas and philosophies and thoughts. And in today's world with social media, 
There's so many opinions out there. And if they don't line up with the Word of God, they're idle talk. It doesn't matter who says it. If it doesn't line up with truth, if it doesn't line up with what God thinks, that's why I say too many times we take our opinions and we take a verse out and say, oh, this verse matches with my opinion. And we take a verse out of context and we put our opinion on that verse rather than taking the Word as whole and letting the Word of God form our opinions. I don't want to belittle anything good that anyone says. I think everyone has a good opinion about stuff. But if we're going to speak for God, let's be careful. And let's be careful who we listen to. Because a good idea isn't always a God idea. A good line, a good one-liner about Scripture or God doesn't always mean it's truth. And God doesn't always agree with that. Verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures bring forth evil things. For I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And this is his message to these scribes and Pharisees, because he's telling them, hey, your own words said that I'm not the Messiah. So don't be surprised when you stand before God and he says, I'm sorry, you're not going to heaven. And you say, but God, I was a Pharisee. I gave my life to you. I preached for you. I used the Old Testament to them. That was the word of God. They didn't have the New Testament. I used your scripture and I preached for you. I was faithful to you. And he will say, your your own words will be used against you. You said that Jesus was not the Messiah, the son of David. And because of that, you never were born again through him. I can't help it. You have to go to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. He doesn't say, you I don't like today. I'm going to send you to hell. I don't like your hair today. You said something I don't like. You, you go to hell. You get to go to heaven. He's a judge. He'll tell you where you're going. But he's not the one who sent you there. The whole world was on a road to hell because of Adam's sin. And Jesus was the answer, the rescuer for us, for us to be born out of that family of Adam and born into the family of God. And if you're not born again, you're not going to go to heaven. It's not that God send you to hell, it's that you're going to hell anyway. But Jesus is the way to be rescued off of that road. And these scribes and Pharisees were devaluing Jesus and saying, He's of the devil. And that meant those own words that they use, by your words, verse 37, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. So either they were going to accept that Jesus was the son of David and the Savior, or they were going to hold on to that he was used of the devil and of the devil. And uh, I'll just go back and read this one more time for you. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. And then... Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed them, so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? That's what they said. Verse 24, Now the Pharisees heard it, and they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. So by those words, they were eliminating Jesus as being the Savior. And that is my opinion is today, 
that that is the blaspheme that is blaspheming of the Holy Spirit that you eliminate Jesus as the Savior you are blaspheming the very message that the Holy Spirit has for the world that you must know Jesus if you ever talk to the God or the Holy Spirit and you're not saved you can ask him all kinds of questions his only answer will be you need Jesus you need to be born again that's the message the church needs to give to the world the church doesn't need to give a message to the world of anything else the church doesn't need to tell the world they need to live holy they need to live righteously because it's not going to do them any good for the world to live holy if they're not saved they'll be holy people going to hell There'll be people living right who end up in hell because you removed the very message of the Holy Spirit. You must get born again through Jesus. That's the message of church, the only message the church needs to preach to the world. Jesus loves you. Jesus is here to rescue you. You haven't sinned too much. You haven't gone too far. You aren't the worst of the worst. Jesus became the worst of the worst. He went to hell in your place so that you don't have to. But for you to find him, you must accept him as your Lord and Savior. He loves you. You don't need to clean up before you come to Jesus. You can clean up afterwards, but you got to come to Jesus first. Let's quit trying to clean up the world, and let's encourage the world to come to Jesus. This is the message of the Holy Spirit. This is the purpose of the Holy Spirit to the world. Once you're born again, his purpose is to help you Grow up, mature up, get holy, live righteously, and he'll meddle with your life in every hidden area. But for the world, the only message he has, Jesus is the Savior. And the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit is to take that message away. I say, no, Jesus isn't the Savior. You don't need Jesus to go to heaven, to go to the Father. You can come some other way, or it's already done. That is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, and by that, you're condemning yourself to go to hell because you've taken the only way out. There's no other message the Holy Spirit has. Holy Spirit, I'm not saved. Can you talk to me? Yes, I'll talk to you. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the way. No, 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 I don't want to hear that. Is there another way? Jesus is the Savior. No, I need to hear another way. What's another way? Jesus is the Savior. No, no, Holy Spirit, don't say that again. Tell me something else. How about this way? How about that way? How about good works? How about being nice? How about feeding the poor, helping orphans? How about this religion or that religion? Jesus is the way. What about the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the old rules? Sacrificing lambs, holding feasts. Jesus is the way. No, Holy Spirit, stop saying that. Don't say that again. You just removed the message, the only message he has for the world. And that is how you get born again. By your words, verse 37, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Jesus is telling them, you're playing with dangerous things here, Pharisees. Because you can make fun of me. You can call me all kinds of names. You can say I'm not of God. But if you remove that one message that I am the son of David, I am the Savior, I am the the Lamb of God, you remove that, that's not even my message. That is the message of the Holy Spirit. You remove that, then you're condemning yourself and everyone else to live this life and never get rescued, never find the only path that God gave. The only path that God gave for the world to go to heaven is Jesus. That's it. There's no other way to God except to salvation by faith in Christ.
So if you've thought you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit or you're worried about that, I hope you're at peace to know that as long as you believe Jesus is the Lord and you keep preaching that and don't take that away, you're on a good path with God and you're not never to be afraid that God will reject you because you said something in your past or did something wrong in your past. He is the Savior, Jesus. Let's pray that. In case you know someone or someone isn't born again, you might be a good person, maybe even gone to church, but you've never accepted Jesus. Let's say the sinner's prayer. I've got a sinner's prayer written right here. And uh, let's just say this after me. Lord, I'm so thankful that you love me. Even when I was still a sinner and separated from you. Today I come before you in all humility. I confess that I am powerless to earn my salvation. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you made the pathway possible for your Father to become my Father. So right now I am confessing with my mouth what I believe in my heart that I am being born again this moment and am no longer condemned to my nature of darkness. I repent of my sins of the past. I ask you now, God, right now, to become my Father and to resurrect me from death into life and from darkness into light. I thank you for receiving me right now as your child. And you will never put me to shame. From this moment forward, my past is no longer mine. And my future belongs to you, Lord. I give you my life. I confess that I am saved and set free from all sin. And I thank you for being such a wonderful Father and expressing your unconditional love towards me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus is the only way. If you said that prayer, please contact me. I would love to hear from you. Jesus is the only way. That's the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, is taking that message away. Jesus is the only way. That's my opinion. I hope I've helped you. I love you, and I'm so proud of you. Keep pressing into God. Keep praying in tongues. Keep spending time with God. Don't be afraid of Him. Let him love you. He believes in you, and I believe in you. God bless you.